Greetings to you all in the wonderful, matchless name of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Yes, my privilege to stand before you and to share God's word, what He put in my heart. Let a word of have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for taking care of each and every one of us. Thank you for your word which you are going to speak to us. Lord, give us an attentive ear to hear your word and be blessed by your word. Hide me behind your cross. Help me to speak whatever you want me to speak. Lord, my God, let your word as is purpose in every one of our life to glorify your name. In Jesus' precious name, we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Really, my heart rejoices as we come together to worship our God. That's why, as I said in the beginning, and God is watching over us, as all of us we believe. God is always, His presence is always there in our respective place, where we are, wherever we are. But the message what he came to me or God gave me is something different. But uh, it resembles like the previous messages. I titled the message today, who is wise and understanding among you? This, for this, God has given me the scripture. The Bible portion is James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. Before that, when we think of the present situation around us and around the world, there are two things are very common and become look as a pandemic. One is we are all concerned about our health. We are all very much concerned about our wealth. The health and the wealth is become the major issue in the present world. Whether it is in our home, whether it is in our working place, or in the overall wide, wide, worldwide, every nation. Nobody is exempted. When we are at the same time and we look at the other thing, in spiritual life, we know that everywhere, the churches, the physical, the buildings were closed. But at the same time, it is well open. Online sermons, online, online discipleship, online Bible study, online prayers, online men's meeting, women's meeting, children's, everything is online. So what is very much available in the present world is the scriptures, the fellowships. And sometimes we say that 
and we feel that there is no time for us to attend. Before it was very much limited. Now it is worldwide. It is open. We are attending the different, different fellowship, different uh, worships, even out of the country, international wise. But in this situation, what came to me is, yes, this portion what I read, what I chosen. Let me read it for you from ESV, that is verse 13. I'll read it for you. There only the word comes, what I chose. <clears throat> Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But you have a bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exit, there will be disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom of above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason or reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Verse 18. And the harvest of righteousness is shown in peace by those who make peace. Dear children of God, what is the James, the apostles, wanted for us to know in this day? Before going to the scripture, as an introduction, I want to say, no one can live without wisdom. At home, work, school, ministry, businesses, family, and walk with God. We need wisdom. No one wants to be called stupid or be known as a fool. In the first part of James, we are told how to obtain wisdom. James 1.5, all of us, we know. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. This message is confirmed even yesterday when we had an intercessory prayer. As, the, as our brother Pereira was sharing, he did mention about this portion. 
about godly wisdom and worldly wisdom earthly wisdom or heavenly wisdom so that confirms and also right before in the prayer itself our pastor mentioned about our characteristics how important it is anyhow god confirms this message in many ways so now let's go on here notice that how james put wisdom and understanding together in verse 13 who is wise and understanding among you it's a question you should have a, you should find the answer whether i have it possibly and hoping that always we should say that i am that anyhow what is wisdom wisdom is moral insight and skill in a practical issues of life understanding refers to intellectual insight and scientific acumen now wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing a wise person will be knowledgeable but a knowledgeable person is not necessarily wise knowledge passes the seminary course but the wisdom works with god you can build a house with a knowledge but it takes wisdom to build a home knowledge can be construct a titanic but wisdom will avoid the icebergs so james 313 says who is wise and understanding among you we are being asked in this time to examine ourselves wisdom is not something we should just assume that we have even among christians not all are wise james says let the wise man show it or prove it or demonstrate it wisdom can be demonstrated in two ways as we begin to examine what james says about this subject we need to be careful not to confuse knowledge and wisdom there is a vast difference between the wisdom and knowledge but knowledge alone is not enough again knowledge is proud that she has learned so much but wisdom is humble that she knows no more knowledge is the accumulation of facts but the wisdom is moral insight with understanding about practical application wisdom is measured not by degrees acquired but deeds accomplished here your question is are you 
faithful? Are you dedicated, diligent, considerate, and humble? That shows how wise we are. By what we say, out of good conversation, a mouthful of praise results from mind filled of purity. But what we do, wisdom is not measured by degrees, but by deeds. Not a matter of acquiring truth in lectures, but applying truth in life. Once again, here what we know as a summary, James tells us that there are two kinds of wisdom. Wisdom that comes from God and wisdom that comes from the world. How can you tell the difference? By the fruit that is evidenced in our life. Otherwise, here the first James deals with the earthly wisdom and then goes on to present the true or heavenly wisdom. Whatever the way you divide, earthly and heavenly, God, human and, God, and godly. But there are, the list is given in this Bible, about eight of them, we can divide it, in, split it into that way, but as a time consumption of and I made it into small or reduced to. Let me read it for you. What are the characteristics of false wisdom? Bitter envy, strife in the heart, glory in profession, earthly, have, earthly sensual, devilish, confusion, every evil work. They are all earthly. They are all negative. They are all by human. But other eight characteristics of divine wisdom, pure, peaceable, gentle, easily entreated, full of mercy, full of good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. So it is all you can divide according to your convenience, whatever the version of Bible you are using it. Here, see, widely dividing into first for what I use it. Here, if you act worldly wisdom, you will produce conflict. Worldly wisdom is rooted in bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Here James mentioned these two negative characters twice in verse 14 and 16. They both deal with hidden motives of the heart. As I said, they are tribes that those who teach the word may easily yield to. If someone challenges our teaching or another preacher, we can become jealous. Godly wisdom, as long as he is preaching the truth, we should think 
praise God that his truth is going forth. But worldly wisdom does not see God's glory. It is rooted in selfishness and pride. That is what earthly wisdom is. So now, why I chose, when I meditate that, God chose, put this burden in me. When we are attending so many meetings or hearing so many messages, this is the warning comes to us from the word, whether we are having or influenced by the worldly wisdom or the godly wisdom. The godly wisdom can discern the things, whether it is of God or it is of the flesh. Secondly, worldly wisdom is arrogant. Again, it's easy for those who teach to fall into pride, thinking, I am right and uh, those who degree with me are either sinning or stupid, as Paul says, knowledge pops up. First Corinthians 8.1 Everyone have to study the word and become knowledgeable in the things of God. We all should know what we believe and be able to support in supported from the scripture. That's why we keep on emphasizing, encouraging, read the word, read the word. And if you don't read it, we will be dismayed or we'll be sidetracked in the wrong route. So worldly wisdom become arrogant. Thirdly, worldly wisdom lies and against the truth. Coupled with the previous tribe, the sense here seems to be if a man who is motivated by jealousy and personal ambition gets up and arrogantly rebukes other and proclaims how much he knows his actions or giving life to the truth, he professes to be teaching. I believe that the man in his arrogance was lying against the very truth that he wanted to teach. That we know 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. What it says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. So, the worldly wisdom turn lies against the truth. Worldly wisdom is earthly, natural, and demonic. I put them together. Natural, that is earthly, natural, and demonic. The source of this worldly wisdom is 
not God, but rather at best the natural man, but ultimately Satan himself. These terms move from least to the worst. We know First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We might be thinking that doctrine means it is only biblical term. Doctor, see here, we know there are doctrines of demons. So in that way, we should be very careful. There are doctrines of demons in the world. As we know, people are very much concerned about the pandemic of health and the wealth. But we know what makes the difference. As we are studying in Ecclesiastes and even the last, first and the, the third lessons, what we know till the first, even the first and second and third as chapters, we come across only two things we know about King Solomon. He is the wisest person and he wisest king and he is the richest person. But how what he concluded? The health or, or wisdom or wealth, whatever you have, that doesn't matter, but it is vain. It is vanity. But what makes the difference? It is God who makes the difference. Having wealth, health, or wisdom, unless there is no God in your life, they are vanity. That is that of no use in the world. So, dear children of God, Having God in our lives makes the difference. So here, there are doctrines of the world, doctrines of the devil, and we should be very much aware of. When the devil speaks the lie, it is bad. When he uses the world to commit the lie, it is worse. But when the members of the church become his instrument to spread devilish wisdom. It is the worst part of all situation. Let me repeat this portion for you. When the devil speaks a lie, it is bad. When he uses the world to commit the lie, it is worse. But when the members of the church become his instrument to spread devilish wisdom. It is the worst of all situations. Be aware of false doctrine and false teachers what you are. You may be, I am not against hearing God's word, but the warning is we should be aware of, we should be wise enough to understand, to receive, and be at. Our wisdom should be shown. Our wisdom should be proved by our actions. So with this, 
I will, I will, yeah, one more thing. Worldly wisdom results in disorder and every evil thing. When Paul exhorted the Corinthians about the problem, in their assembly he said, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. The word confusion is the same Greek word that is here translated disorder. Disorder. Worldly wisdom results in disorder. Worldly, otherwise, worldly wisdom results in confusion. Where we have a bitter envying, there you will find confusion and disorder. Where you have strife, there you will find every evil work. Ambitions is good until it becomes self-centered. Then it is degenerates into get ahead at all cost attitude. Even first Timothy 6:10, we know for the love of money is the root of all evil. So some of us we may be in a situation to make decision in our life. Always I used to say one thing. If the Lord leaves, when you are in confusion, when you are in a disturbed situation, and you may be finding difficult what to do, and what way to turn, and what is further. We are waiting upon the Lord, we are praying, and God will open for an example, some ways, some doors, and whether it is right or wrong, how do we know? We have to accept it, praying about it. We have faith, we know the scripture. But my concern and my way of understanding is, if the Lord leaves, there is always peace in our heart. There is always peace. There won't be confusion in the first place. There won't be fear. There won't be worries. There won't be second thought or doubt if God lives in the first place. There is always peace. That is the acid test I used to say. This is enough. If the Lord lives, if it is of God's wisdom, Yes, there will be peace. So with that, what I am coming to say is, it is in this world, we have human wisdom and godly wisdom. We have earthly wisdom or it is heavenly wisdom. We are all God's children. Our God is in spirit. And we are the spiritual being. And God expects us to lead by his spirit that will lead us into heavenly wisdom or godly wisdom.
So the second part of this portion, the Bible portion, what we read is from 17 to 18. Here, true wisdom has its origin in Jesus Christ. It comes down from heaven, as I said, and it is God's gift to every believer who need it. James 1.5, as I said in the beginning, any one of you who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it to all liberally and without reproach. Reproach means without any criticism, without any accuse or scold. No hesitation. He is not a respecter of any person. He gives everyone who need it, who lacks and the condition is, let him ask of God. It is not, even though it is free, it is not voluntary. Only when we feel that we lack wisdom, only when we take a second step to ask of that wisdom, definitely God gives it. And there, it is without reproach, and it will be given to him. That is the promise. James 1.17, what it says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It, who is above? Our Lord is above. Our hope is always above. All our helps comes from above. All our blessings come from above. Only when you look at the blessings of the earth, that will be there. It will go as it comes. But the heavenly blessings will remain with us forever. Usually the God children waiting upon the Lord where the hell comes from. It is from above. So the perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Once given is not taken. So what is God who gives us? So here, in the first place, what is the heavenly wisdom here in the list? So it starts like that. It is so amazing. This is the first, but the wisdom of God, the, but the wisdom that is from above is, see how we start. It is first pure. This is the first of seven words or places James uses to describe the heavenly wisdom. Pure is a synonym of holy. Wisdom that comes from God is pure because God himself is pure and he is holy. Holiness is our God's primary attribute. Always we used to emphasize that. Our God is holy. He wants us to be holy. He only in this way we differ from the world. So the children of God he is holy, 
whatever comes from him also is holy. The gift is from above that is pure. First Peter 1.16 As I said, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Pure indicates that which is spotless, undefiled, and without any admixture. It is not mingled or mixed. It is the original. Let us understand that. Without purity, it is not wisdom from above. It may point to a moral purity, but in the context here, it is especially as the sense of being free from any jealousy or selfish ambition. In other words, it is focusing on our motives. The purity here is purity in our motives, purity in our ambitions. If we seek wisdom so that we can lord it over others or use it for our own advantage or power, it is not pure or it is not godly wisdom. Wisdom is given not for us to be proud of or jealous about others. It is always leads to our motives or seeking wisdom or using wisdom must always be first place glorify God. Secondly, he built up the person to whom we are speaking by our humility. So dear children, if you, are, if you think that you are wise in the sight of God, or if you have the gift of wisdom from above, it is not too proud or jealous about, and it is to glorify God and to help others. We especially need to keep this in mind. When we get into doctrinal dispute with anyone, keep in mind false words about not quarreling, being kind, patient, and gentle. And ask God to open the person's eyes and grant a repentance in his life. Your motives must be pure or you are not acting with godly wisdom. What I mean here is godly wisdom. When we are having a godly knowledge, and it will God use you to lead someone or to comfort someone or who is in need. There, what we are expected to do, let us not proud about God's wisdom. Let the word what we use or and lead the person that will lead the person basically to repent before God and to know him. That will glorify him, our God, and that will edify the person 
and we too will be encouraged by that. Secondly, the heavenly wisdom or godly wisdom is peaceable. Peaceable. Purity is first, but then wisdom is peaceable. In other words, if you compromise purity for the sake of peace, you are not acting godly wisdom. Hope you understand here. We are not here peaceable and making peace with others or pleasing others is not the same. We cannot compromise with the world. Sometimes we may think that we want to maintain peace with others. That is true, but it is not all the time. That means there we need godly wisdom. Whether you are peaceable in the sense you live in peace or leave the person in peace or peaceable in the sense you are compromising, not compromising with this. That's why here, if you compromise purity for the sake of peace, you are not acting God's wisdom. That is not God's wisdom. That is your wisdom. That is human wisdom. That is worldly wisdom. On the other hand, if we hold to purity in a contentious manner or with an argument, you are not displaying godly wisdom because it is peaceable. If your conversation leads to and brings any contentions or any argument, definitely it is not of godly wisdom. Seeking peace in relationship is not a mirror theme in the Bible. Just after his counsel to wives and husbands, it was Peter 3, 1 to 7. The apostle Peter cited from Psalm 34. He must turn away from the evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Those words apply to all relationships. We ought to go to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Seek peace and pursue it with diligence. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians 4.3 If you are always stirring up controversy over pity issues, you are not acting with godly wisdom. Once again, I remind you, if you are always stirring up controversy over pity issues, small, small things, you are not acting with godly wisdom. While we should never compromise doctrinal purity on essentials, truth, neither should we fight over minor matters where godly, Bible-believing people differ. We, I expect, and I believe, we all of us should be Bible-believing Christians. It is not only 
a Bible believing Christian, Bible following Christians. Believing is that's what the message tells us. If you have wisdom, you have to prove it. You have to show it. How do you show it? This is what. If you are a Bible believing Christian, let us be a Bible following Christians. Can I hear a amen from those who believe it? Amen. Amen. Thank you, my brother. Thirdly, heavenly wisdom is gentle. Heavenly wisdom is gentle. Real wisdom, living with tender consideration of others. That's what verse 17 says, gentle. It is the ability, even the word itself shows that gentle. You know what it means to gentle. It is the ability to extend to others the kind of consideration we would wish to receive ourselves. Selfishness makes us unconsiderate un of others. That means selfishness, you know. So we don't consider others all things. We think that it is for ours. We don't bother about others, but we are always bothered about ourselves. But James says that this heavenly wisdom is considerate. It should be gentle. When we consider others, we are looking outward instead of inward. Instead of thinking about ourselves, we are thinking about others' benefit. Suppose if you are having something, there are many, many examples in the Bible. But even in the day-to-day life, and uh, we have, suppose we have, for an example, under Riyadh, and somebody is in the need of the same. What do you think? Are they to give the whole or say yes or no? That is the part. That is only. Yes, no means only. Yes means yes. But again, there you know the wisdom. And uh, I don't know how to explain that. But the considerate to you or to me, under real is a small. But to someone, the 10 real or 50 real is something great. So when you consider that, whether that person gains or not, irrespective of expecting that, that I, I used to follow this policy in my personal living. So whoever asked or lent, wanted to lend whatever is possible will give it without expecting that will return to us even if they say i will return it that much we can whatever is possible we can give it that is the considerate when there they are in need once uh, i heard that and uh, even a pastor says for someone, 10 real is something great. For us, something, it is some, 10 real is something nothing. So just think about it. So here, that's why 
Here, when we consider others, we are looking outward instead of inward. It is hard to think others when we are only thinking about ourselves. That's why it is so important that we give up selfishness. And surprisingly, one of the most effective ways to do this, to focus on other people, on their needs, and how we can help them. As, as a Christian, we are called to love and care for one another. I thank God for the church and as a fellowship. We know in different ways. We are every member in the church, I can say that. We have this love, care, concern for others. All glory to God. If you are the person, say louder, amen now. Amen. God hears it. Amen. amen. And it is your confession. God hears it. God will honor each and every one of you. Amen. As a Christian, we are called to love and care for one another. Real wisdom is living with tender consideration for others. Fourthly, heavenly wisdom is reasonable or it is teachable. Verse 17, willing to yield. The way this word is used in this context has to do with our own openness and teachability. We should have an open mind to hear from somebody. So all the preachers and pastors are not the highest or supreme on any way. As we are, we too bow down, humble ourselves, listen from others. All the pastors are not only the teacher, not only the preachers. Even from the small children and young people, ordinary people, we are always waiting to hear from them. So one, one, one small example for a wise person is, is more of listening than speak. That is a wise person. Wise person. So that is, let's go on. So here, the heavenly wisdom is reasonable or it is teachable. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who hears counsel is wise. I know everything persons are there. If we open our mouth before you close, they will say, I know it. So that's how we can very simply make out who is wise. Please, let us seek God's wisdom and use God's wisdom and be a wise people in this world so that that is a blessing to you and that is the blessing for others. And you will win souls for God's kingdom. So once again, I read Proverbs twelve fifteen: The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he who eats counsel is wise. James 1, 19. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, 
slow to anger dear children godly wisdom is able to discern the difference and the willing to yield or bear on minor matter the wise man is willing to listen to others other views and the change if he is proved wrong that's i said your wise person will listen more than to speak that is the another shortcut to know whether the person is wise or not so after hearing this don't stop speaking to anyone to show that we are wise enough no that is not the category that is not the scale to measure about your wisdom wisdom should be as a children of god we should be transparent openness should be there understand otherwise everything will be hidden within you that will burst some other day so let us be very careful in this don't take it granted keep silent keeping silent will never be a solution for solving any problem we know that every problem has a solution but keeping silent is not a solution for all the problem we have to speak we could discuss and we will come to conclusion so we have to seek god's wisdom not god's counsel that's most important fifthly heavenly wisdom is mercy your life controlled by mercy full of mercy and good fruit that's what the bible says verse 17 james says that we are to be full of full of that means controlled by mercy therefore be merciful just as your father also merciful luke 6:36 he said as the father is merciful we should be possible the kind of mercy that is being described here is not just for the man who is in trouble listen carefully the mercy is not to be described here not just for the man who is in trouble but it means to be merciful to the one who is in trouble even if the trouble is his own fault because he is fault i cannot be merciful that is wrong even if it is by his fault when you are being merciful to that person that is godly wisdom that is godly wisdom and that means that is mercy mercy is not dependent on guilt or innocence somehow it is easier to be merciful to the one we believe in suffering unjustly but god is merciful even though you were guilty james by his use of the word fruit reminds us that righteousness is not produced by the believer i'll repeat it righteousness is not produced by the believer but rather it is produced 
in the believer. If you are a believer, the righteousness is produced in you. Real wisdom is life controlled by mercy. Because of the time, let me go fast. Sixth, heavenly wisdom is without partiality. God is not a partial to anyone. We know that he is irrespective of any person. Whoever we are, God is merciful. That's the way we know. And he is impartial. Here, heavenly wisdom is without partiality. The word is used only here in the New Testament. It may mean impartial, the NIV says. In the sense of not taking sides based on a party. But it also means undivided. In the sense of unwavering loyalty to God. James will hit this in verse chapter 4, verse 4, where he makes the point that you cannot be friend of the world and of God at the same time. You cannot be friend of the world as well as to God. Godly wisdom does not play politics with the truth, sharing it according to the personal advantages. Rather, it holds unwaveringly to the truth in love. So let us not be partial as we have the wisdom of God. So we should not be respective of any people or we cannot compromise with the world and the people and it is very much evident and it is caution those who are I always I used to say that those who are the Christians those who are in the business and it is a warning too. Seventhly and lastly heavenly wisdom is without hypocrisy we know what is hypocrisy. Something in, something out. What we see, always I used to say, this place is, I know what I mean. How it comes, the boldness. What I practice, I used to preach. What I know, what I follow, that I have to say. That's why confidently, most of the time, I used to make this statement. And if it is not, what is the opposite of it? I am someone in a home. If I am someone at home and someone outside, I am a hypocrite. But it is, you know, in the time of Jesus Christ, there are many hypocrites. And Jesus directly attacked and addressed them. You hypocrites. So as a Christian, if we say that we are Bible-believing Christian, none of us should be hypocrite. So here, what is how it, how, how it became a world of wisdom? It is sincere. What you see is not mask or cover up. If we all would seek to live by these seven qualities of godly wisdom, personal conflict would be greatly minimized and friendly or pleasant relationship 
should flourish and grow in our life. But unfortunately, we all battle the world, the flesh, the devil. These forces combine to draw us astray into the worldly wisdom. Always there will be a battle which causes disharmony in our relationship. We often, they have a question of, do believers have conflict in their life? Yes, indeed. Even believers have conflict in their life. How is it? Always the conflict is between flesh and the spirit. And when we have a spirit of the world, as well as the spirit of God, both these spirits will have conflict within them. And there, if you are a mature person, and if you are yielded more or influenced more by godly wisdom or spirit of God, you, you will or you can overcome the conflict or the fleshy nature. That is how we keep ourselves holy. That is possible. How can we become sinless and blameless people in the world? How can the world know us as a Christian? It is so evident by the fruit. So what we have seen so far, the seven heavenly wisdom or godly wisdom are the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit has to be seen. Have you seen any fruit of the herb? of the tree or of the bush under the earth? No. Fruits are always outside. Fruits are always visible. Fruits are always to be seen. In the same way, as a Christian, let us understand the basic truth. The fruit of the Spirit all the wisdom of God in us has to be seen, has to be shown, has to be proved, has to be demonstrated to the world. Then only we can show and say that we are live and led by heavenly wisdom or godly wisdom. As a conclusion, in the Bible, we are told the story of how God came to Solomon and told him that he would give him anything he desired. This is a very commonly used word in these days. God will fulfill our desire. Yes, indeed. Again, there is a cross. If our desire is in line with the will of God, we put that aside we bring ourselves in front and we claim this promise of fulfilling our desire. Here, what is it? Give him any, this, anything he desired. He could have riches, power, prestige, anything he desired. 
Second Chronicle chapter 1, 6 to 7. But Solomon's request was that he be given wisdom. That is Second Chronicle chapter 1, 8 and 10. Solomon, at the highest of his spiritual power, wrote, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despises wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1 7. Yet in later life, he was no longer the world's wisest man. He became the world's most knowledgeable fool. Are you wise? Are you wise according to the world or according to God? Do you employ? The world's wisdom, or do you follow godly wisdom? Let us take a few moments right now and ask God to help us inspect our fruit. How, how wise you are, you can examine. How wise you are. James 3, 13 to 18. There is a vast difference between wisdom and understanding. The world is looking for peace without righteousness. But true peace comes through righteousness. So dear children of God, here, what is the battle? What we are facing? Always concerned about our health, health, health. Taking care of so much. Otherwise, wisdom, always wealth. The very much needed for our day-to-day -day life. But both can be attained or achieved with godly wisdom. Without God, nothing is possible. With God in our lives makes the difference to the world and to us. May God bless you all. Thank you.